Yo, Davey, it's Leon. Are you ready for another podcast of Talk Elite? Talk, talk, elite, break it down. Talk, elite, talk, talk, elite, break it down. For life, baby. Welcome back to Talk is Elite. Hope you're enjoying LPL, um, Loud Proud Leon's new entrance song there. <laughs> I very much enjoyed it and made me chuckle. Um, we're apologising for ha- missing quite a few weeks and not doing anything, but we kind of decided that it would have been pointless to keep doing weekly episodes when there wasn't much going on. Um, it would have been nice to, but we had a lot of going on as well at home. Um, and, you know, family comes first and all that. So, welcome back for this uh, episode. We're going to be looking over a few things, mainly last Wednesday's Dynamite episode. Um, and then we'll probably be doing the same again tomorrow for or Thursday for this week's one. You know, So, two releases in quick succession after nothing for a while. But that's how we're doing it, so get over it. <laughs> a few of you have asked us to redo it and get get, get back into it. Um, a few people have mentioned on the our Facebook group um, to get back on it. A few people have also mentioned it in a bit of a tongue-in-cheek way. Might have been slagging us off a bit, but, you know, you can please some people some of the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. So, you know, for you people who mentioned it in the jokey way, unlucky, because we're back. Um, but anyway, let's get back to the talk is elite. Welcome back, then, Leon. We're finally back to business after being a bit busy. How have you been? Everything good? And are you as happy as I am that Dynamite has begun? Because I am fucking ecstatic. And I don't sound it. It sounds like I'm joking around there, but I'm absolutely loving it. Absolutely loved that first episode. I'm sure you did too. So how have you been? Is everything good with you? Yes, mate, absolutely great. I'm on cloud nine. I think AW killed it last week. I think the presentation, everything was spot on. But I'll go into that in more detail later on. Um, and for those people, yeah, who've been asking where we've been, life's just been there, everybody. We've just been really busy. But we're hoping to get back on track uh, and turn this into a weekly thing. It'll be myself um, and Davey presenting. Um, but yeah, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I think everyone can agree on that. There is so much content out there and I just can't wait for this next episode of AEW Dynamite, to be honest. So yeah, we're going to do things a little bit differently this time, aren't we? Um, we're not going to have me, John and Leon all talking at the same time. We're going to, um, try and go for a two man regular booth in the commentary. Um, or the podcast, whatever you want to call it. And the, on the pay-per-views, we'll definitely have John on board then. John's going to be sending us his Haystack highlights throughout the week. They'll be added into the show. But because of time restraints and how long our podcasts were overshooting with all three of us trying to get our opinions in, you know, and the logistical issues of trying to get all three of us online at the same time and the audio issues where, you know, because we're all Skyping, you know, the quality isn't really there for freeway chat all the time. Um, we're not going to put money into it just yet when, you know, the fan base isn't as big as we'd like it to be. So the bigger we get, the better equipment we get, and the more professional we get, then we'll be able to get all three of us in the booth regularly every week. 
but what will happen is if LPL is away, if Leopold Leon is away, then John will come in. If I'm away, then John again will come in. And that would just be two people at a time. There'll be occasions where we have him on. Uh, we'll do chats with him. I might chat with him. Uh, Leon might chat with him and, you know, we'll put that in. But for the time being, we're going to stick for two men just for ease, just for um, time restraints. But he will still have his little segment in here. We're not cutting uh, Haystack out at all. We love having Haystack on the show. But just for ease of getting a podcast out, um, you know, with John working nights a lot of the time and us we've got kids and working days in college, it's hard to get all of us at the same time. So we're going to do it that way for a little while. So that's what we're doing in terms of podcasts. But let's get straight back into it, Leon. Um, the talk is elite. No, not talk is elite. The being the elite, a YouTube series. Um, it's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Um, I know you're really happy with it, and it, you know, the way it makes us feel like we're part of the show, you know. So, um, I know that you said you wanted to go have a little talk about that before we talk about the main show of Dynamite we've just watched. So, you know, what are your your you know big love for the the uh, the uh, being elite podcast, not podcast, but the being the elite YouTube series? I mean. What is it you were thinking about that? What was your input on there? I know we've spoken about it once or twice before, but not really in too much detail. So, you know, what was it you wanted to say about the being the elite uh, YouTube series? What was what's your input? I think the the um, shows on YouTube are amazing. Being the elite, you know, I've been watching that since the very beginning. And the Raw 2 series, which was introduced um, earlier on in the year, I think they were a perfect fit with Dynamite. Um, I was actually quite worried uh, because Nick Jackson did turn around and say, didn't he, that there was a chance they might not be able to do it. Um, but it seems, uh, after watching um, Monday's episode of Being the Elite, it seems they've gone back to the more old school type uh, where they bring like all the wrestlers in on it because a lot of it now has gone, um, it was a bit hit and miss, weren't it? And it, it was quite short. So hopefully um, we'll get more of the sort of comedy style being the elite, which I think everyone kind of really enjoys, and to be honest with you, we all we all we all have our being the elite fixed, don't we? We look forward to watching it uh, on on a Mondays. Um, I think the difference between WWE and AEW is that um, AEW have always made the fans feel part of the AEW movement because we've supported and we've watched them grow. But we started off on the being the elite platform when they, when they were just independent wrestlers, and we've all you know we've watched them grow as wrestlers. You know we've kind of grown with them, and you know we've supported them um, from around the world. Uh, and I just think um, being the elite, um, this last episode um, just showed you a difference between how AEW treat the fans and how WWE treat the fans. You very rarely see. Well, you don't see it, do you? You don't see anything off camera. Everything in WWE is an act. There's nothing, you know, even when, when uh, the wrestlers are so-called being themselves, is still an act. Uh, but um, in AEW, if you watch the end of the Being the Elite series um, this week, you saw, you would have seen um, them backstage 
out of character sort of talking about you know being told when to go to the ring and them looking at the monitors and things like that and it really give you an inside look of what's actually happening and it made you appreciate even more the fact the fact that although we know the wrestlers all the stuff they're doing in the background because you you see you know they talk about it but you don't actually see it all the time but with AEW you get to see quite a lot of what's happening behind the scenes um through being the elite and I just think being the elite is very very important to AEW uh, and and again it they can swear on that and they can say that you know they can be a bit more edgier where WWE haven't got that kind of platform where you see that you sort of see more of sort of behind the scenes and where they have a bit of a laugh and they mess around it's just nice you just feel you just genuinely feel part of um the AEW movement um and you know that I never felt part of the WWE universe it was just something concocted by WWE and then they brought out the Red Awful Universal Championship which never set set well with me so yeah I just think um what's the brilliant thing about AEW is that um you, we as, as a fan base we feel part of the community and the company we feel like we do feel like it's our kind of wrestling company it's the fans it's the fans um wrestling company uh, and it's just it's, it is a brilliant time to be a wrestling fan uh, and I just can't wait for um, this next week of um, AEW Dynamite. It's the first time where I'm like, you know, gets, you know, it gets to the weekend. I'm thinking, oh wow, you know, there's gonna be another episode of Dynamite coming on soon. I've not felt like that in a long time. Uh, how do you feel, mate? Yeah. So for me, I said it before. Um, as soon as I heard Chris Jericho had signed for a company called AEW, I was thinking, who? is AEW so I googled it and I saw who they were and, and I found out there's Nick and Mac Jackson and Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega and I'd heard those names before but I was like I don't really know them so I'd done a bit of googling on the Young Bucks and that's when I first found being the Elite and I went right the way back to episode 1 to start watching through it and I think I only ever got to like episode 60 odd maybe and I will go through it and watch all of them. And anyone listening who hasn't, I recommend it. Because it just gave me such great insight into the independent scene. You know, how much travelling they have to do. Like, even as independent wrestlers. Going to Japan. Going from city to city in Japan. Going on the trains, the planes. Fucking automobiles, you know what I mean? Everything. Um, coming back to the USA. Going from state to state. To, like, show to show. And I was like, that is just such an amazing insight. And it just hooked me straight away, thinking, these guys are good. I like them just because of the insight they give me, let alone the personalities that they've got, which are just fantastic. And then you see it now, and you look at some of the episodes now, and you think, you can see everything, them showing you in depth, like the show before it starts, eight hours before the show starts. You see people like John Moxley climbing underneath like the, uh, the platforms to get ready for his interruption. You see... All of it, you just see everything, and it's just, for me, absolutely brilliant. I love being the elite. So I'm with you there. I think it is really, really good. And I agree. If <clears throat> I do see WWE trying to maybe copy it in some way at some point. But we know what will happen. They'll overproduce it. They'll overscript it. It won't feel organic. It won't be It won't be organic. It'll be shit, and no one will enjoy it. So, yeah, for me, I love being the elite, and I highly recommend everyone going back to series... Episode 1, watching it, all the way up to like whatever it is now, like episode 200 probably, 300, and loving it like we do. And yeah, I've just finished watching 
dynamite for like the fifth time. And I absolutely love it. I honestly can't get enough of it. So, like you, my friend, I am absolutely stoked on it. I really am. Um, I think it's absolutely fucking fantastic. Let's talk commentary team. So, yeah, the new look commentary team. I think replacing Alex Marvez with Tony Schiavone was an absolutely genius idea. The whole commentary team are much more fluid now, I think. You know, when I first saw Tony um, commentate on MLW, Major League Wrestling, um, if people are aware of it, I really hoped, I thought to myself, it'd just be nice if AEW picked up, picked him up. Because, you know, if you're not aware of Tony Schiavone, he's a legendary commentator. He's been in WWE, WCW, uh, and I just feel... Um, it was a shame that he, you know, he never, never came back to the WWE. So to see him now setting the team, uh, I, I just think, I think it's fantastic. I think Jim Ross is great, and Excalibur has definitely um, improved dramatically. But I, th- I, I personally feel Tony is the guy that gels them together. I think Jim Ross, uh, although he, you know he's a fantastic commentator, he's not the same Jim Ross. That we had, you know, 15, 20 years ago. He's he's getting older. He's forgetting his lines. Um, he's not aware of many of the talent. And it's been even stated by Tony Khan that Alex Marvez, who obviously was replaced by Tony, um, prepares Jim Ross's notes. So I think, um, although Jim Ross is, 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 a, is great, I personally don't think Jim Ross will be on commentary too long. I know there's... Rumours go around that he's got paid a fortune. But what I think will happen is I think he'll, he's, he's there to get, obviously, as a recognised commentator. Uh, they brought Tony Schiavone on board to back him up. Uh, but I think within six months to a year, I think because of his age, I think they'll probably replace him with the likes of Golden Boy because they brought Golden Boy in, haven't they? And they're using him at the minute uh, as a backup, really. But I think eventually um, Jim Russell... Uh, step down and focus, you know, you know, because obviously he's doing things similar to Dean Malenko in the background as well, because he's got, you know, he's, with his history with WWE, he wasn't just a commentator. He did, he did a lot of other things. So I think um, he at some point will be replaced, um, and I say within six to twelve months. Not got an issue with him commentating at all. I think he's fantastic. It's just clearly evident that that. Um, from all the pay-per-views and even AEW, he just looks lost sometimes. Um, and the good thing is the difference between when he got lost with Excalibur and Alex Marvez, they just went silent and didn't know what to do. But if you look at Tony Schiavone, he just literally just carries, sort of carries on with Jim Ross's lines. Um, so that's the brilliant thing about having Tony. Tony Schiavone, for me, is one of the best um, commentators ever. I, I, I've always, you know... Just got a text message. Thought it'd be great just to have the likes of Tony Schiavone uh, in AEW. And like I said, when I, when I saw him in MLW, um, when AEW just started, I was hoping they'd bring him in then. And I've got to say, I was a little dis- bit disappointed when they went for uh, Excalibur and Marvez. Uh, so it's actually awesome that Tony Schiavone's on board. So I think they've got a great team now. Uh, there's no more awkward silences. And they just seem to gel a lot more. I think Excalibur still needs to um, get used to working the live crowd, but he's much better because uh, it was it, it, 
for me, before Tony Schiavone came on board, he was bumbling his words, stumbling through um, the commentary at best, forgetting moves and things like that. And he was much, he just seemed much more, he, he, he was carried more by Tony Schiavone. So I, I think the team at, uh, at present looks great. I won't um, pretend to know a lot about Tony Schiavone because I never watched WCW, to be honest. I was a WWF Attitude fan. You know, I loved it. Um, WWE, I just loved it. Um, but I will disagree with you with the, your assessment on Jim Ross. Um, the whole reason he wanted to get into AEW was because, unfortunately for him, his wife passed away in a motorbike accident um, quite close to their house. And WWE just weren't using him. And Vince McMahon was saying to him, well, we, you know, we're going to ask you to call WrestleMania. But that was like like six months away at the time, and he had no work for him apart from Saudi Arabia um, in the meantime. And he wanted to get out of the house. He wanted to do what he loved most, which is calling wrestling. Um, and I don't see him giving that up after six months to 12 months, even two years. I reckon he'll do it until he dies, do you know what I mean? Until he physically can't. Until physically... He has either had a stroke or something that stops him doing it, um, or unless he gets so bad at it that he can't, people just can't continue with him. Um, personally, I think he's really good. Um, when the in the the I'm trying to think of the word, you know, I think the improvement he had personally from the pay per views, he was the best commentator. Apart from Golden Boy, probably. Him and Golden Boy are pretty spot on. Um, but during the pay-per-views, he was the best commentator for me. Um, but he wasn't the best. He wasn't at his kick-ass best. Um, but on Wednesday, it was very similar to Jim Russell Gold. He wasn't too bad. Um, I think the problem is, in WWE, although he's older, he's had all on technology, hasn't he? He's had iPads. He's had all on the screen in front of him. He's reading off it. Now he's gone back to the old style, which is reading off notes. Um, and he's fumbling every now and then, but nowhere near as much as he was. Um, I would still say that Excalibur is the weakest point. He often seems like he's put on the spot. Um, so he'll have a line to say and he'll suddenly go, uh, 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 and then finally get there. And it'll be a longer way of saying what he should have said originally, which is something basic. But... He'll get there. I think he still feels really put on the spot a little bit. He still doesn't maybe feel as confident as he should do. But for me, Jim Ross isn't going anywhere. I know he's got background work. But for as long as he's able to, I can see him doing this for at least two or three years. Um, Tony Schiavone, I think, is fantastic. Um, I didn't know much of him. I saw a YouTube video of him um, telling some of the kisses arse, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and then during the MJF match, which if you watched it on the ITV hub, for some reason it got cut. It, you haven't missed much. It wasn't a great match. Um, not saying it was a bad match. It just it was like what, three or four minutes. It wasn't very long. It wasn't very good. But during the match, Tony Giovanni says, oh, just fucking hate. I wish, just wish someone kicks Tony, um, kicks this guy's ass. Or he said something. It was just hilarious. It's just the way he mugged off MJF. But for me, I agree with you. The commentary team is much better. And... Um, it has a much nicer flow to it. And the thing I like about it so much more than WWE commentary is there's no, like, trying to fight each other. There's no, like, oh, you're a twat, you're a cunt. 
oh, what are you on about? Oh, don't come near me. You know, shut, shut up. They're not fighting each other. They're just calling the match and talking. It's so much more refreshing to have proper commentary like rather than a scripted like hate amongst the commentators. It's just so much better. That's how I feel about it. Um, not sure if you want to pick me up on anything I've said there. But if not, we'll move on. You make an absolutely fair point there. Very, very unfortunate what happened to Jim Ross. And AW reached out and he got his life back on track and he's keeping busy and he's doing something that he loves. And in all seriousness, um, why not? He's doing a fantastic job at AW. It was just obviously noticeable when he had Excalibur and Marvez around him that obviously he was struggling um, and he needed someone like Shivani, Tony Shivani, to kind of back him up. Tony Shivani's there now, and it's absolutely fine. They're a complete, you know, they're, all, they're firing on all cylinders, and now they seem to gel a lot better together. I was just looking at, you know, why have they brought in Golden Boy? Are they eventually going to phase out Jim Ross? Put him in a backstage role rather than working on commentary only because the fact that he's getting older and it's no disrespect to his presentation skills. Obviously he's not the Jim Ross that he was, you know, 20, 25 years ago, but he's still, he's still great on, on the commentary team and he makes good points and he's just going to get better as the weeks goes on. We've got to take into account again, he's only, he's only done four pay-per-views uh, in the space of a few months, it's not regular, is it? Once he gets doing AEW Dynamite Weekly, he's going to get to know who the guys are. He's going to get to know everything else as well. So, I mean, I'm happy to see him commentate for as long as he's there. Uh, got no issues at all. It was just, like I said, with Golden Boy being there, are they going to eventually phase him out and bring, put him backstage if they don't do that I'm not bothered at all because I, I like Jim Ross I like Tony Schiavone I personally feel I'd personally like if it was just Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone because uh, like you said about Excalibur he's still not at his best obviously he's nervous he's not worked these live events in front of this big audience big crowd he's, he's got to get used to it so it'll be interesting to see what happens if they go back to a two-man booth eventually. But no, I'm as happy as you. I like Jim Ross. Happy for him to be in AEW. Happy to listen to him weekly, especially with Tony Schiavone. Let's talk about AEW Dark. Yes, mate, AEW Dark. What an absolutely amazing concept. If you think about it, WWE have the dark matches. And the dark matches usually are the matches that people want to see, the dream matches that they're trying out, that never come to light, that we never get to see. Um, you know, that they do on the, you know, before the shows go live and after the shows go live. So I think AEW Dark, it gives those wrestlers that are not necessarily on that week's show the chance to still perform in front of a live crowd to get used to performing in front of a live crowd because if you think about it if some of these younger talent that have not had the experience of performing in front of a live live crowd to that extent anyway to you know to the thousands rather than just hundreds 
um, it gets it, they can fine tune fine tune the wrestling. Uh, they can get used to being in front of the camera, and I think it's amazing. Uh, not only that, but it's it's the talent that um, you know you're not forgetting about them. You know you're not forgetting about like the likes of um, Kip Sapien. Um, you're not forgetting about you know maybe Sadie Gibbs, Penelope Ford. Uh, Joy Janella. There's a lot. I mean, there's obviously lots, lots more, but they're just off the top of my head. It keeps you kind of in tune with with other wrestlers, but it's also good for them because they're keeping you know week in week out there still wrestling. And, and the the people that benefit the most are us, the fans, because we get to watch these matches for free on YouTube or uh, Facebook. And the thing is, is these are all hungry talent. So you're not just going to get your, your you know, your bog standard matches. They're going to, they want to, they're going to be wanting to showcase herself. They're going to be wanting to get on the live shows more regularly and, and you know, be more uh, popular. So it's, it's fantastic. AEW Dynamite and AEW Dark, it's amazing. We, the fans are just benefited. And I know a lot of us vented our frustration when uh, the, the deal, the deal went uh, sour with ITV. Um, and I was one of the worst offenders, um, but it's all coming to fruition now. And you know, I take back what I said. Uh, and you know, sometimes I think your passion um, and your excitement for for the company get the better of you. Um, but it's amazing, and I can't wait. Um, and I'll pass it over to you now, Davy, to um, reveal what AEW dark matches will be taking place tonight. Or probably for us, obviously for us, it'll be tomorrow. Uh, but obviously they go live on YouTube tonight. But I think it's around midnight from my calculation. So I'll pass that on to you now, mate. And you can let everybody know um, the exciting matches to get to look forward to to watch on YouTube and Facebook. I think the um, Dark, AEW Dark is a fantastic idea. Literally, it is an obvious idea. It's one of those ideas that are right under your nose and you'd think people and I don't mean to call, always mention WWE but you'd think you know they've had this pioneering amazingly well thought out network and they do all these fantastically award winning shows and you know credit where it's due the network is fantastic it's the only good thing they've done in the last 10-15 years but AEW Dark is such an obvious like straight under your nose idea concept everybody knows that they have like dark matches before and after the actual like event or like the, the weekly show and by by airing them weekly on the youtube channel aw official youtube channel it just gives those matches um more meaning it gives the talent an opportunity to use those matches as part of their record their win-loss record gives the chance to build storylines, gives the fans a chance to see everyone, do you know what I mean? So there's people going, oh, well, where was Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus? Well, they were there on Dynamite, but they weren't on the live show, they were in a six-man tag. Um, and that will be shown um, on the YouTube channel. I just think it's a fantastic idea. A really fantastic idea, actually. And like you say, Sometimes the most obvious and best ideas are right under your nose, and this is definitely one of them. And I can't believe it's not been done before. I just think it's fantastic. But for anyone who wants to know what to expect from the card, there will be Darby All-In versus Seema, um, which I hope All-In wins. I do like Seema, but 
all in has been just fantastic since he started. Um, from professional skateboarding to wrestling, he's just fantastic. He really has <clears throat> came out and shown everyone just how good he could be. Then there'll be uh, a tag team match with Penelope Ford and Bree Presley versus Ali and Britt Baker. That'll be a tag match. Uh, then you have SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels and Scorpio Sky versus Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt in a six-man tag. And then to finish off the tag theme, there is an eight-man match um, versus, so it was Private Party and Best Friends versus Jack Evans, Angelico, uh, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Jr an eight-man match, so actually quite good and true to what AEW promised, it's going to be a lot of tag matches, like normal tags and six-man and eight-man, um, which is all stuff to look forward to. If you'd said that to me about two years ago, I'd be like, oh, what a boring lot of matches, like regardless of who was in them. So I used to hate tag matches because WWE never done them properly, apart from when it was like Edge and Christian, Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys. Apart from those sort of matches, there wasn't that many to look forward to. <clears throat> but yeah, so that's what the Dark has in order for us. Not the Dark Order, but that is the Dark, um, AW Dark running order. And it's pretty good, and I'm looking forward to it. And so should you. It's fantastic. Simple, yet fantastic. And whoever thought of it, whether it be Khan or Cody or the Young Bucks, fucking well done. Brilliant idea. Yeah, but just before we finish talking about AEW Dark, I just want to touch on what you just said then, Davey, about um, you, you hadn't watched tag wrestling since, like, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, um, the Dudleys. This is the kind of feeling you get again watching tag wrestling. It's hot again. It's being done right. You know, when you watch the Young Bucks and they're going up against um, Phoenix and Pentagon, you know... I haven't seen much of Private Party, but they look totally awesome. Another high-flying tag team. It's that feeling that you got when you watched those tag teams in the WWE. And this is exactly why um, when they said they were going to make tag team wrestling good again, great again, that's what they're doing. I honestly, like you, haven't been a fan of tag wrestling for years because it's just totally boring the way the WWE have done it. But I can tell you now, I look forward to... The, the tag matches in AEW, the way it's done, the way it's sold, the way they can, one minute you watch it, you know, the, how they can incorporate everything into the match, how they keep, how they, you know, one minute you, you're looking at Nick Jackson jumping, you know, spinning off the, off, off a ladder and jumping up and, you know, saying something to the crowd, then it's back back on, you know, Matt's doing something in the ring with Pentagon. It's just it's just fantastic the way it's done. And I am, again, a re, you know, a tag team wrestling fan. And when, you know, if they'd announced a WWE main event tag team, I'd be going, nah, it's all right, see you later. But I can't wait, for, you know, when they do main events for tag teams. I think it's fantastic what they've done with the tag division. So, yes, mate, totally agree with you there um, about um, how they're incorporating the tag teams. And I'm looking forward to seeing that um, on AEW Dynamite, AEW Dark, and all the pay-per-views. Now... I know you've got something that's been gnawing away at you, so let's let's hear it. Let it go. Let it all out. 
So, David, I want to hear your thoughts on the, the whole ITV AW deal um, scenario. Um, I've kind of calmed down now. I know I was one of um, the big offenders on our page shouting and moaning, and some of the guys were telling me to to sort of quieten down. And, you know, they, they, they did have a point. I think, like I said beforehand, I think sometimes when you're passionate about something, when you're really looking forward to something, and um, you get kind of caught up in the hype. And for me, it wasn't about the money you had to pay. It was just the fact I was looking forward to it being on ITV. Um, because obviously it was, um, it wasn't advertised, but it was mentioned on being the elite by Cordy, um, that it would air on ITV. And, uh, I don't think it was, it wasn't confirmed, but he get, but he, he talked about it and said, yeah, it, it's going to be on ITV, on the ITV channel. And then he mentioned, I think at, at one of the star cast, um, I think the star cast at Double or Nothing, I think it was, um, he mentioned saying the UK have got a good deal uh, for AEW because it's going to be in, it's going to, you know, the weekly show is going to be on ITV. They didn't obviously know it was going to be called Dynamite, Dynamite at that time. Um, so obviously these things they were saying uh, in interviews and at Starcast, obviously um, they never uh, turned around and said that wasn't going to happen. So from the UK's point, from you know, from the UK fans' point of view, he said it on being the elite. He said it on um, Starcast. So we think, right, okay, it's going to be on ITV then. Um, months down the line, you know, there's no kind of like no one's talk. You know, they're not saying any, not they're not saying no about it. They're not saying yes about it. So you're not hearing any news. So you assume, yeah, it's going to be on ITV um, live. Obviously, that's that's what I'm trying to trying to trying to say. Uh, and then. I think the thing that pissed me off the most um, was the fact that they let it run down to the wire uh, and they waited right, you know, a week to go to say, oh, no, it's not going to be live. And they tried, you know, they tried to play it down and say, yes, um, uh, it was ITV that they did it at first. I think that's why even Tony Khan was pissed off because they said, yep, um, it's not going to be live. Obviously, as we first, you know, it's not going to be live on ITV4. And then to add insult to injury, you had to wait four days to watch it. Um, and that's why I was pissed off um, because of the whole way it was handled. When everyone was going on saying, oh, you, you know, stop mourning, you know, it was the way it was handled. Um, and then they came back with, well, it's not going to be live on ITV, but you can subscribe to Fight TV. Now, I've not got an issue subscribing to Fight TV. I've also not got an issue paying £4 a month. For me, it was it was solely the principle. It was a fact that, you know, everyone was under the impression because they'd not said anything that it wasn't going to be. But everyone was under the impression that it was going to be on ITV4. That basically all we had to do was set our satellite record boxes, Sky, Virgin, whatever um, company you're with, set it to record and have the luxury of watching it when we wake up in the morning before we go to work or when we come back from work, depending on what, you know, what people's, you know, people do for jobs and, you know, they work nights, etc. Um, so, yeah. Um, so it was the ease. It was the convenience of having an actual chat, having an actual top rate wrestling show on a free view platform where you can record it and you can watch it when you want. 
The problem with Fight TV is you've got to stream it. And like many people, if you've got families that are all sort of using the internet and you've not got um, a top of, you know, top top of the range internet provider or you, you can only get a certain amount per month, not everyone's got access to, you know, to the, to the best internet. So, you know, you can imagine, because I've had it myself, you know, when I've watched things on Fight in the past, um, it cuts out. And you've got to keep you've got to keep sort of like jumping back in. So that's 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 the that's the issue I had. I thought, oh god, you, you know, you've got to, you know, it's going to be on Fight TV. It's not always reliable. Um, so I don't mind, you know, for me, four quid's pocket change, but it's the the fact that you've got to literally, you know, set up, you know, go into your streaming device, watch watch it like that. You haven't got the ease of just literally switching your television on. It's there, it's there in your in your recording box to, to you know to go to. Um, and I think it was the, the frustration, the fact that we were promised it live on ITV. And then they, they came back and said, well, it's not going to be live. It's going to be on ITV Hub at seven o'clock at night. Now, why does it take them all? Why does it take them so long to, to sort of, you know, export it from um, the live show to that? Why can't they just literally, you know, put it on uh, earlier? So you can, and they, again, ITV Hub. Not everyone's got ITV Hub. Not everybody's got like streaming devices of, you know, of, you know, because even myself, you know, I never knew what ITV Hub really was until literally um, I did that with, a, you know, I looked into the AEW thing when they announced it because uh, I'd never used it. So I just think the whole scenario could have been handled a lot better. And I think the reason I was criticizing AEW and ITV, because between them, they could have said, they could have done a joint statement and said, we're really, you know, maybe a few weeks before prior, if they knew, we've not been able to come to an agreement on the broadcasting rights for for the AEW weekly show. And we, uh, at this point, can't give you a time. Uh, and we're sorry, rather than, you know, maybe a month in hand, rather than waiting seven days a week to say, oh, yeah, you guys in England, you thought you were getting it um, on ITV4 live at the same time. Not gonna, not happening now, you know, and kind of like playing it down. Um, and then, you know, announcing, oh, Canada have got a TV deal. Um, so I think that's why I was sort of frustrated, frustrated by it. Um, but, you know, it, it, I think eventually it will be live on ITV. I think, obviously... Um, the, the fact is, obviously, it all lies down to um, advertising, doesn't it? Uh, is it something? To, is it 16 minutes uh, in America they're allowed uh, per hour and 12 minutes in the UK? Um, but I think they mentioned on was it Wrestle Talk that um, Sky get around it because they put um, WWE advertisements in there as well, which sort of boost boost it up. So why ITV can't do that, I don't know. I think, I'm just going to go on to this as well, um, I think there's something not quite right with ITV and AEW, because uh, if you go back to um, the last time ITV properly advertised anything to do with AEW uh, prior to AEW Dynamite, it was the 5th of September and then it all went quiet on the ITV Wrestling Facebook page, they didn't hype up aw dynamite at all like they're doing in america there was no advertisements on itv uh, commercials there was nothing at all until seven days before and then it, it was you know still on itv you're watching it there's no advertisements for aw dynamite there's no 
you know, because if you think about it, in May, the um, partnership between them was solid. They were doing um, special broadcasts on AEW. They brought in Jack Whitehall uh, to do stuff with them. Uh, and then um, rumours came out that ITV were really pissed off with AEW because they thought they had the uh, exclusive rights for the pay-per-views in the UK. Uh, and they didn't realise that, obviously, uh, Fight TV, uh, that, that uh, the pay-per-views were going through Fight TV as well. Uh, and apparently, they were really pissed off about that. And that's uh, supposedly when the relationship went a bit sour. And then uh, they're playing hardball um, with AEW Dynamite. And not, you know, like, first of all, putting it in a four-day later slot at 8.20. Now, if they're... <coughs> If they've got a solid relationship, there's no way they're going to stick it in such a shitty time where it's going to be heavily edited. So that means you're not going to see any of the uh, more aggressive stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think there's something afoot with ITV. I think there's something not quite right. I, You know, I think Tony Khan just wants to kind of keep the relationship cool. And that's why he's not saying anything. Um so I don't know, obviously, what the future is and what deal they've got. But obviously, you know, it could go on another channel eventually. The, the scary thing is, uh, and it's probably not a popular one, but obviously we like the fact it's on a free platform. Who's losing the rights to WWE? As from January, Sky Sports. It could go on Sky Sports, which for people that have got Sky and, and, and the subscribers to Sky Sports, that's brilliant. But for people that are not, you know, you're screwed, you're, you know, you're screwed and you're going to have to watch it on uh, Fight, uh, which again, like I said, Fight's not um, the most reliable of platforms when you haven't got um, top internet speed uh, and other people are hogging the internet, um, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see, but obviously it was a big cock up and it was embarrassing on AEW's front and I'm not blaming AEW, um, I think Perse it's more on ITV, it could have been dealt with better. The fans should have been informed. If I think if Tony Khan was up front with the fans, they'd have much more respect and be more sympathetic towards him and how and how ITV have handled it. Um, so if you want to chip in your ten pence worth there, mate, and obviously say you know you know what you thought of it and how you would have handled it and you know how it could have been handled better, crack on, matey. And you know me, Leon. Um, that's how this podcast works and how I work in general. And my ten pennies are going to be put straight into the machine and I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. Personally, I um, wasn't ever bothered by it. Um, could have ITV done a bit more advertising? Yeah, they could have. I did lose my buzz a bit. You know, there's quite a long wait from the last pay-per-view until now. I wasn't overly active on social media. I wasn't following much on YouTube because... I had a lot going on anyway, being a bit lazy. Um, so it would have been nice to have a bit more advertisement from them because it's like in front of me that way, isn't it? So on TV you see it a lot easier. But no, I was never concerned. I knew they'd sort of tank out. Um, and I do still believe it will be free to air live. Um, I think maybe once they've worked out how to get around the four minute difference in advertisement, then they will um, do that. I don't see that being a massive issue. Um, if it goes to Sky, 
it gives it more credibility instantly. Sky have got massive financial power. They can do whatever they want. They can make a company massive in this company. I know they've got not as big a reach really as ITV4 because people don't want, not everyone wants to subscribe to Sky. But the people who watch Sky, a lot of people have it for the wrestling, for the Sky Sports, for the cinemas. So yeah, I think I actually do blame AEW slightly. I think what they've done is business-wise what you would expect. But if you're trying to build a strong, healthy relationship with a, a, a TV channel or company, you don't do it, which is they've misled ITV to making them believe they're going to um, get the full um, pay-per-view rights. Um, and obviously by letting Fight have it. I know Fight is not an English company, but um, they are allowed to distribute the pay-per-view in the UK. People in the UK can get access to it and watch it. And that means if you can watch it cheaper on fight, you're gonna. So personally, um, that's you know it was a bit naughty, but I don't see any issues with it. For me, I think they'll sort it out. It'll be fine, and I do think it'll go live eventually. Even if they have to do something, I don't know, do something with the adverts or whatever it is, but they'll, they'll do something. Um, but yeah. I don't want to watch it on the hub only because they do edit things out. Like they took out the, the um, MJF match. Um, again, I said earlier on it wasn't the best match, but it was still taken out. I don't want to be watching things and having to go on YouTube to watch the match later on. I want to watch the whole thing in one sitting. But um, I wasn't bothered. Um, I think they've got a good relationship. I think, like everything, some things get misunderstood, but... Way, way, way before AEW was even a thing, Khan had spoke to ITV and they were really interested in the idea he had. Then they'd done all the documentary about AEW and the start of it and how it started. And, you know, and on there, Khan was like, how much I love ITV and how we want to have a great relationship and how with World of Sport, ITV have always been a wrestling like program platform. And, you know, so they're going to sort it out. Of course they will. And I think if they dropped it, it'd be ITV's loss. I am. Your first thought was Sky. My first thought was actually they drop it. It could go to Channel Four. I remember watching wrestling on Channel Four years ago, like Royal Rumble and everything. So it could happen. You know, Channel Four are definitely a lot more open to violence and um, think scenes of a sexual nature, which sometimes wrestling does have back in the nineties, anyway. So yeah, it wasn't an issue to me. I do understand what you're saying, but I was. I just didn't say much when you was going for you. For your little fuss about it, because uh, for me it was a non-issue, and I think it will prove to be a non-issue in the long run. But now we should probably get to the fun point, which is we've just got to watch AEW Dynamite, and I'm not sure about you, but I fucking loved it. I've watched it five times, and I want to watch it again because it was just so fresh and exciting and new, and I loved everything about it. And I know for a fact you felt the same. And before I let you in to tell me how much you loved it, I want to go straight into the first match because the first match to me, the first match on TNT for 20 years, and it was Sammy Guevara versus Cody Rhodes. And it just proves why it's such a good company. For most wrestling fans out there who are just casual, you would never hear Sammy Guevara. But you watch him in that match and straight away... 
you go, oh, actually, he's got talent. He is a potential future champion, um, but most definitely a future mid-card champion, a uh, potential future tag team champion if he gets a partner. Um, and he's got talent. And it's one thing giving these guys a chance to wrestle um, on the big events, but it's actually them then going out there and producing. And straight away, you could see he's got talent. And for people who watch Junior for the first time to watch it, they're going to look at him and go, actually, this guy can not only wrestle, but he can sell the moves. He looks like he can hold his own. He looks like he's got a lot to offer. But he looks young, he looks baby-faced, but he can wrestle. So he gave him a really good fucking show of himself. And it made it prove that, okay, they're not big names to the casual fan, but to a wrestling fan who just watches it, you don't get into the politics of who's who or who's renowned. You wouldn't know that he wasn't a good big star wrestler. I think he was fantastic. And that is where I'm going to... Sorry, guys, for our little bing, bing, bing notifications. We are still using phones. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. Let's start with the Cody Rhodes match and we'll work our way through quickly to the big ending. Yeah, mate. I'm, I'm exactly the same. I've watched it a few times. It's like when you when you know when you go to watch a film and you watch it the first time and you watch it from like you know because it's brand new and you don't understand it and you've got to watch it again and you pick up on other things. It's pretty much like that, isn't it? I mean, I watched AW Dynamite the first time round and I was like thrilled and totally in awe and you can't take everything in. It's pretty much like that with the pay per views. Um, so you know I've had to sit back, uh, watch it. I've, I've probably watched it three times. So I sat back, watched it the first time. Second time and then third time, obviously, to just get knowledge for uh, things we needed to touch touch on for the podcast. Um, I was like you. Sammy Guevara, when he was announced, I'd never heard of him. Um, because, yeah, I, I was, you know, pretty much like uh, a lot of people, you know, um, I wasn't an independent, you know, an independent guy looking for the independent wrestlers. I only followed WWE and, you know, Impact Wrestling and Major League Wrestling. That was it, really. Uh, so Sammy, Sammy Guevara, uh, the beauty of, obviously, social media today is that Sammy Guevara has got his own YouTube vlog. And he has probably got the one of the best channels out there. Uh, he's, he's absolutely killing it. Uh, he's got um, it's a much better presentation than being the elite. He uses some real uh, serious software because he's like you know he's got obviously works with um, he's got someone filming him and then he's got lots of aerial shots as well. So it's really well put together. Whoever I think he does it himself with uh, one of his friends, but it, it really gives you an insight on who Sammy Guevara is when he turned up on double or nothing and he was fighting Kit Sapien. I didn't really get behind because I didn't know who he was. But now, um, watching his vlog and seeing like what he's what he's been through and stuff and how hard he's worked to get where 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 he, where he is, you've got more respect for the guy. So that's the beauty about watching wrestling now than when I was watching it when I was a kid, where you couldn't do any research and whoever you were watching, you know, say you was watching a guy you'd never heard of. And you thought, oh, I don't really like the look of him. Or I don't really like him. But then now you can go and look at the backstory and you've got more respect for the person straight away. So, yeah, um, going back onto the actual match, it was an amazing match full of false finishes. Um, I think we all knew Cody wasn't going to lose that match. Uh, it was great that they put it out there that 
Sammy Guevara would be entitled to Cody Rhodes' shot if he if he won the match. But obviously, storyline wise, that was never going to happen. Uh, the way things all worked out in the end uh, of Dynamite, which we'll go into later on. But yes, the crowd all jumped up uh, after the match when um, Cordy Rhodes finally got the, the victory after n- numerous false finishes. Um, and obviously Sammy Guerrero walked away from him. He looked a bit gutted that he lost the match and then um, shook his hand as a distraction as Chris Jericho came running down and beat the living crap out of Cordy. For the obviously uh, to build up on the storyline later on, uh, but I think it was good to get Jericho straight in there, uh, and it really, really got the crowd going uh, and set the tone for the night, which I thought was amazing. So I don't want to bore everyone going through the matches; they will, they would have all seen it. But like we said, fantastic show. Um, mention of the pack and Hangman. Page match, I thought that was really fucking good. Them two are gonna have a really good rivalry. You can see it. Started off when um, Pack wasn't officially wrestling for the company just yet, but they still came across anyway. Um, Hangman went to England and had a fight there. They've got a lot of easy rivalry going already, so that's gonna build into something fantastic. And it was a really good match. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the finish. Um, Riho, I was. I'm surprised she won. I wasn't expecting her to. I was expecting AEW to make Nyla Rose the first ever AEW champion and the first ever women's transgender champion. Um, because obviously no company's had a transgender champion before. And I know it's not a big thing. We should just be okay with it. And it should just be accepted in society. But for some people it's not. Some people are weird and they like to dig out people for being different. Um, for me, she looks like a woman. She She is a woman. She literally was born a man, is now a woman. All good for her. She's um, like the the forefront of it. She's the person who's driving the car. She's uh, pushing for the equality and she deserves it. And I thought she was going to win it. But I'm happy Rio won it because she's been wrestling since she's nine. She deserves it. Great match. Good, good match. I actually didn't know how they'd make it. And it was really good. Um, and yeah, if you haven't seen it, fantastic match. And Leon, I'm just rushing through these because I want to hear your reaction to a few things. So it started off at the end of Cody's match. Cody obviously beat Guevara. Jericho comes out, beats Cody up. Then, during the match with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, the Elite versus um, Jericho and... um, uh, Ortiz and Santana, I can't remember his name properly. Um, during that match, Dean Ambrose comes out, attacks Omega, beats the shit out of him, hits him with a mop, <laughs> and then um, throws him through a coffee table, a glass coffee table, and then the, oh my god, you killed Kenny, you bastard meme, um, was born, um, which was brilliant, I love that. Um, but then after that, that's when the real excitement started, that's when Jericho obviously picks up the win, you know, their team, his team wins. And then it becomes quite evident, quite quickly, that there's a a new stable being formed with, um, with, you know, Sammy Guevara, Jericho, 
Ortiz and Satana. I'm sorry if I can say his name wrong, by the way, guys. Um, you can dig me out for it later on. Um, but then there's also Jack Hager is part of it, who was a surprise out of nowhere. He's been signed for months, but no one knew. But we sort of knew because we're all legends and we know in our own way. Um, you know, Dustin Rhodes runs out, tries to help his brother, gets put through a table, gets beaten up. You know, everyone comes out. The one person who doesn't come out is um, MJF, which is a surprise. Adam Page didn't come out to help the Young Bucks. So, you know, it's a new stable. We've got so much to talk about. Is it, what's their new name going to be? Will MJF and Adam Page, or will one of, one of them or both of them join it? You know, straight away, they've gone for a, a stable. And you wouldn't have thought about it before, but fuck me, it's exciting, isn't it? I want to hear your thoughts on the matches I've just mentioned, but mainly I want to hear about your feelings towards what we just what I've just said, what we saw, and how fucking epic it was. And I'm gonna go back and watch it again because it was so good. First of all, mate, it's not Dean Ambrose, it's John Moxley. Do not let him hear you say that because he might bite your ear off. <laughs> nah, honestly, mate. I was totally blown away by that. I knew um, Jake Hager, Jack Swagger, was going to make some kind of appearance. But I was not expecting that kind of faction at all. And I thought that was fantastic because when you watch WWE week in, week out, and you can literally predict everything that's happening for something like that, and for characters that really don't have anything in common, I think that is genius. Because if you put people together that the crowd kind of want. It gets boring straight away, but you put these characters that, you know, people don't really know nothing about as a team, that's when it gets exciting. And I think, you know, it's it's a mystery, in it? You know, everyone's thinking, right, you've got Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, the old LAX. What's going to happen? And it is going to be intriguing over the next couple of weeks to see how they're going to build that stable. You know, are they going to be like an NWO style, like you're saying, sort of incorporate MJF, Hangman Page. I personally feel them two won't um, be in it. I think they've got their own, you know, Hangman Page is going to be with um, wrestling with Packinity. They're going to be in some kind of angle. MJF is still too far up. Cody Rhodes is ass. Um, and as he said, he said, um, cause he did an interview, didn't he? The, um, post match media thing. He said that, um, well, he made up some excuse didn't he, um, he's still obviously being in full character, typical MJF that he was having a massage and a jet shower or something. And he, he couldn't, he couldn't attend. Uh, he, he didn't even, he didn't know anything about it. Uh, I think um, I think I don't think MJF or Hangman Page will be uh, part of the stable. I think there's going to be at some point MJF's going to be going to turn on Cody Rhodes, but I don't think it'll be anything to do with this new faction. Um, and I think Hangman Page, uh, I think they want you to think he could turn. But Hangman Page, he's, he's he's too much of a baby face, and he he could you couldn't I don't think you could take Hangman Page seriously as a as a heel. Um, I do think um, 
I don't think they'll put anyone else in it. I think they've got quite, you know, because they've got, they haven't got a limited roster, have they? But because a lot of the stars are established in either tag teams or, um, you know, singles, I think um, I think that's that's the faction. Uh, I think it, they're going to be very dominant. Um, obviously, they're not going to be able to work LAX. I'll call them LAX as I can't remember the names for it. Is it Santana and Ortiz? But I don't want to pronounce it wrong. So I'll just refer to them as LAX. LAX won't be competing in the tag tournament unless there's some kind of buy into it or they can bring them into it. If they do come into it, you could see them being the, um, having the tag team championship. So they're a complete dominant faction. Um, I think going back to the actual match itself, um, I thought it was brilliant. The only issue I thought was is was the kind of street fight that uh, Kenny and uh, John Moxley had. Um I think it was cut too short. Obviously, they had to take into account uh, the invasion kind of at the end from Jake Hager, Jack Swagger, however you want to say it, and obviously the the new faction. But I think, you know, they showed it, didn't they? And it literally, you know, it was a couple of minutes and then he put him through a table and that was it. It would have been good to see the aftermath and maybe see him kind of like being stretched off. You obviously don't want it too WWE, WWE do you? But um, I think they cut that too short. Um, so yeah, um, I thought it was fantastic, and like I said, it's just something you w- wasn't expecting. It was a twist, and I, no one would have predicted that, would they? No one, you know, everyone was like, "Oh, CM Punk's going to be there." And I want to say for the record, I've always wanted to see CM Punk return to AEW, but I actually don't anymore. As the as the pay-per-views have gone on, and as the matches have gone on, and as the characters and wrestlers have developed. I'm invested in them. I don't ever want to see CM Punk turn up. I think at the end of the day, um, he's had his opportunity. He had a grand opportunity uh, just to give the fans... I know he, I know he did a talk at StarCast, um, and that's fair play to him, but I think at the end of the day, he's a wrestler, and the fans have been chanting his name for years. The least he could have done was stood in that AEW ring and said, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. You know, at all at the All Out pay per view, I appreciate all the times you, sh- you shout my name through the arenas, uh, and I just want to say thank you. I'm not looking at wrestling, um, you know, and leave it at that and then a thank you. But instead, he just did a little kind of like, you know, he did it his way, in his style. And I'm not kind of disrespecting him, but I just think it was a perfect opportunity. It was in Chicago. He had a wrestling ring, um, and from what sound, what what it sounds like, um, if he's if he's complaining that he didn't, you know, he, he was you sent a text I think it's petty myself um, so yeah I personally feel um, there was no need for him to be there and there's no need for him to be there because they've got enough stars in that company that are um, going to push AW forward into the future and uh, I haven't got a name for the fact for this new faction uh, I can't think of one there's too many different style characters in there it'll be interesting to see if they even have a, if, they, even, if they even have a name to be honest with you they might just um, all be individuals we'll have to wait and see but I'm very very lucky like I said um, before I can't wait for Wednesday or th- you know Thursday morning can't wait for it uh, and I think everyone's the same um, and it's not just the fact that it's new it's because we, we've had all these pay-per-views we've had the history of being the elite 
that's why I'm looking forward to it because when I when I used to watch the pay views, I I thought, oh no, I'm gonna have to wait a few more months to watch the next one. Being the elite, I'm gonna have to wait till next week to watch that. You now got all that plus the weekly show, so we're spoiled rotten. And then you've got the AEW dark. You can't ask for any more, Jonas, if you. And it's just like I said, mate, it's a very exciting time to be a wrestling fan, um, especially um, for AEW where you feel you're part of the movement. Fuck CM Punk right in the ass. I don't even want to hear about CM Punk. We spent far too much time over the last four podcasts talking about the little prick. And we don't need to. No more punk. Um, I want to go straight back to it. I'm just loving it because when you generally don't expect something, it makes it so much better. My whole entire thought process was the Janela and um, Enzo, uh, Enzo thing and Big Cass was all a big hoax and they'd be coming to AEW and it'd be a few dead play out on screen. And I was convinced Jericho's partners would be Enzo and Big Cass. And then I found out it was going to be LAX. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, who are they? I don't mean, I don't, they, they look boring. Just another, like, Cuban-style, fucking South American-style, like, whatever they are, tag team wrestlers. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm not really fine into that. And then... Then it happened, and you think, oh, fuck, it's so unexpected that it's obvious. And it works so fucking well, and I'm loving it. Um, I agree with you, actually. I don't think MJF will join it. I don't think Hangman will join it, actually. They've got too much going on. I disagree with you. I think Hangman Page would be a fantastic heel. Um, not in the MJF style, but in his own style. I can very easily picture him Stone Cold style, um, stomping holes in people. I can imagine him being a kick-ass heel, actually. I think going heel would actually make his character, and I think it would actually win over more fans for him who still don't rate him. Um, and I'm going to disagree with you once again, which is uncommon for us, but I actually don't think MJF will um, will backstab Cody, because that happens every single time, time and time again, that plays out. And AEW, clearly, with this new... Um, formation of a group isn't playing by those rules obvious isn't necessarily right anymore so I think if there is going to be a split between MJF and Cody um, it's going to be Cody attacking MJF and telling him to leave him alone and stop trying to steal his spotlight and stop trying to get in and you know riding his coattails I think and that could actually again help enhance MJF's character to being a bit more like susceptible to like you know like those sort of things and he could change his character up and he can try and learn from the greatest there is which is Jericho and how to go from heel to face to heel to face and flip flap between the two um, but yeah a fantastic show um, we should have given more of our time on this podcast talking about everything that happened but we had a few other things to chat about Next week's one for this week, because we're already on this week, will probably be more aimed at what we're seeing in the ring, I guess, depending on how fucking good it is compared to this one. But I'm going to touch on what you said. I don't think the invasion or, um, of Ambrose went on too short or not long enough. Um, I think it was perfect. Normally in WWE, there'd be a match on and then they just focus on this like uh, attack and then you don't see any more of the match and all you see is 
the attack and it goes on far too long and then you see 10 minutes of someone being stretched out which is really boring they had him come in attack him beat him up and leave which is more believable if you're going to knock somebody out and throw him for a table you just do it then you grab him bitch out of him throw him for a table and then leave that's what happened and it went back to the match you saw the young bucks put up a good fight they end up losing then you see the faction and you think oh my fucking god and they've done absolutely perfect use of tv time and um the great thing about having someone like khan running the show is he's a fan and he thinks of the things that we think of but even better and with the wrestlers help they're making a fantastic product and i'm fucking loving it me too mate me too honestly i just want to touch on tony khan and how he's the complete opposite to vince mcmahon I've said this in previous podcasts, but would you see Vince McMahon standing there for 36 minutes talking to each individual reporter, knowing them all by name, and saying, come on guys, feel free to ask me any questions, and and being open, letting things slip. Is he doing it on purpose? Is he doing it by accident? Whatever. Um, You know, revealing about John Moxley, and that he still gets, you know, he still gets his insurance through Rennie Young in WWE. Uh, and just his overall friendliness and his approach bonus, he just seems like a nice guy. You know, you see Vince McMahon, um, and obviously he plays a character, but that's the kind of guy he is. Um, but yeah, Tony Khan, um, you can't help but like the guy. Um, and I just want to say one last thing on closing, that obviously when we started to grow the group from scratch, um, in May and to what it is now um, it's our group now is really coming to fruition and we appreciate everybody who's joined um, and all your input uh, and we're looking forward to the future with you guys um, in you know making this group grow better and adding new things in the future and obviously with this podcast we hope um, that more people will listen and support us uh, and of course your feedback is very important to us very whether it's good or bad um, but we just want to say we appreciate everything you say in the group all the things all the hard work you do all the comments and posts the criticisms your honesty um so thank you very much on behalf of myself and obviously davy as well if you want to say anything about the group on closing mate it's entirely up to you yep and leon is obviously on about our all Elite Wrestling UK fan page. It's on Facebook. It's got fans from all around the world, to be honest, but it's predominantly us in the UK. So that's probably where most of you are listening to us from. Before we actually go, um, Johnny Haystack has sent me um, a little, just a little tad bit on his uh, review of the week. It's only just a little bit of Johnny, about seven minutes, but it's good to have him here. So we're going to quickly listen to that before we go. And then I'll say goodbye to you lot, I guess. So here he is, um, the one and the only, Jonathan Haystack. Yes, guys, it's the Haystack here. Welcome back to Talk is Elite. It's good to be back on the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And we appreciate all our members that take the time to listen to us. We very much appreciate it. So thank you. It's good to be back. It's just a quick uh, initial thought reaction to the first episode of Dynamite and in the next podcast I'll give my initial reaction and thoughts to 
AEW Dark Episode 1 and Episode 2 of Dynamite. I know Cody got the win in the first match on TNT since 2001. But Sammy Guevara was very impressive. Okay, he botched one of his landings flipping over Cody. But he is very athletic. And I think he's got a bright future within the company. Especially with what happened at the end. Uh, the faction with Jake Hager. Uh, Santana and Ortiz, Jericho, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with within them and I'm guaranteeing that they're going to help each other out within their individual singles matches as well, so it's exciting, like we've already got a heel stable within AEW, like they've put the, the roster on notice, they're like do not mess with us because we will break you down um my initial reactions i mean with the pack hangman uh match i mean the rivalry was already there was already there it's been building for a long time and it is now just even intensified more with the fact that pack hit a low blow to adam page the referee missed it and pack picked up the win that rivalry is going to be a continuous one, but it's a breath of fresh air. It's not like with WWE, you know, where it's the same wrestlers fighting the same matches every single week. I don't think this is how it's going to be. But we've already got a massive rivalry with them two, and that's exciting. Mox coming back. Um, fucking up Omega. Wow. Basically just took him out of the whole tag team match. So it was a disadvantage to the Young Bucks. Putting him through that table. I was like, bro, you just come back from an elbow injury. And you want to go, like, elbows first. Like, when he was falling backwards, it was elbows and head first into the glass table. Like, got to be careful because you don't want to risk any more injury, you know, you had time out, you had to pull out of all out, um, but I'm looking forward to the uh, Kenny Omega, John Moxley match, Mox is um, in action in episode two against Sean Spears, so it'll be good to um, see him in action, especially against a, uh, a good fighter, like, like a good wrestler like Sean Spears, that'll be a good match I reckon. But yeah, um, and then with what happened at the end with Jake Hager coming out of nowhere, that just, that was like, I saw on one of the AW groups that that's your Lex Luger moment, like, you know, when Lex Luger turned up on TNT. I wouldn't go that far of a moment like that, but it's certainly a fuck you to WWE. And the fact that I, I from what I understand, He's still going to be under contract with Bellator MMA, as well as being under contract with AEW. So that's, he could do both, just like with Brock Lesnar, who was able to do uh, WWE and UFC. But yeah, I mean, I can't wait for episode two. I really can't. Um, well, I'm in Spain. My cousin's got TNT out here. 
So I will be watching it, well, I'll be trying to watch it live. And I will be taking notes and bringing my thoughts and opinions on Dynamite Episode 2. I mean, the crowd were great as well. The crowd were buzzing. The commentary, Tony Schiavone, oh, the, 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 the fact is that that was a great move. And I mean, I know not everyone's a fan of Alex Marvez, but if you saw the media scrum afterwards, Tony Khan, um, Alex Marvez is still a major part of the commentary team. He prepares everyone's notes. He does the research for John Ross to, to uh, uh, give him notes. Yeah, he's still a major part and he does Countdown as well. The Countdown 2 episodes. Um, I just, I don't know, with him it's just his voice. I don't think it fits. I don't think it fits in. Tony Schiavone, you're up on your, you're on the edge of your sofa. Like, Tony Schiavone knows how to wrestle, like commentate on the wrestling mat. You know, Excalibur, I think he'll get there in the end. He was a lot better on the first episode of Dynamite than he was in previous outings in the booth. Um, but yeah, it was a whole... And I know that there was in... Especially with Fight Fest or Fight for the Fallen, as well as the first one, Double and I think there was misplaced camera angles or out-of-place camera angles. This wasn't like that this time. Camera angles were perfect. Like, there was no... It was a whole round better production this time round. Um, and I'm very pleased about that. So, I'm looking forward to episode two. You know, keep it locked with Talk Is Elite. And I'll catch you guys in the next podcast. You have a great week. See you later. That was... Um sat there and I didn't mention it in the podcast earlier but I'm completely with you there John um, the camera production was so much better the commentary team was like I said earlier on much much improved but the production aspect there was no weird camera angles they didn't miss anything by going from one camera to the other and you're right it was a much much better polished camera production and I'm glad you brought that up because I was supposed to and I forgot but everyone that was John Jonathan Haystack with his last um, little two pennies worth there. Um, before we go, um, I have committed the cardinal sin. Not sure what happened. It's not happened before. Um, but for some reason, ever since AEW started, he's always been John Moxley to me. I've called him Moxley in every single podcast and comment on the internet. And for some reason, I must have seen something on TV with Dean Ambrose. But I kept calling John Moxley... Dean Ambrose, I'm going to give myself a stern talking to, it's not on, feel free to criticise me in any comment section where you see me, I shouldn't have got the name wrong, I'm disappointed in myself, I've let you down, I've let John down, I've let Leon down, but most importantly, I've let myself down, and it's not on, but thank you all for listening, he's been Jonathan the Haystack, I've been Deadly Davey Dangerously, Triple D, and earlier on, you heard from LPL, Loud Proud Leon. Thank you very much for listening and tune again, tune in again next week, which will be in a few days' time, not actually next week. Thank you for listening to Talk is Elite. And remember, talk is elite for life, baby.